0: Considering
1: hiring a coach and is on the fence about it, what would you say? I would say that like Tiger Woods is an amazing golfer, and how many swing coaches does he have? It's all about getting to the next level. It's not. It's. It's not about being happy with the status quo. It's like, what else am I capable of? And if you have that feeling, even a little inkling that I could be doing more.
0: Alright, hey, good morning. We're at episode 16. We made it 16 episodes. Yeah. We you know, knew
2: we would last this long.
0: I was, at the, deal. I was looking at the numbers a couple nights ago just to see if people are actually listening to me with my mom. And um, my mom just, our numbers have gone up increasingly every week, so I'm pretty stoked about it. Are we
2: at double digits now? I think we're
0: hitting 11 <laughs> <today>. <laughs> No, all joking aside, it's kind of exciting. And we were talking earlier before the podcast began. I listened to Joe Rogan regularly. Right? And he was talking in a recent podcast about the process and how it's taking him basically twenty one years to have this level of success that he has. He's in a variety of different things and his podcasting has been on the air for a considerable amount of time. And he was he was talking about how early in the days he was basically in a setup like this, just trying to get anyone to listen. He was pinging every one of his friends and you have to listen to this right now. Anyway, so we
2: need more friends.
0: We can (laughs) relate So uh, I do
2: want to mention that he has a producer that speaks into his ear. Yeah. Sign me up for that. I know. He has a Christian. All day. All day. A we Cynthia actually just talking in our ear, telling us things all through the day to coach us. Right. That's what we need.
0: So we're gonna bring Cynthia Corsetti on that, you just kind of gave mm-hmm. a lead on that. She is our, thanks uh, for taking that thunder. I had to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take two. So today we're, going to... <laughs> all right. So no, I'll jump inside. aside. So today's topic, if there's a topic, is it's kind of the process. And so we've been in business, respectively, for a decent amount of time, over forty years, respectively, combined between the two of us. And over the last two years, our businesses have both shifted a lot, almost to the point where we're barely doing anything what we were doing even two years ago. And it still involves a lot of the same technicalities in terms of photography and video and all sorts of stuff. But two years ago, we, we sort of recognized some of the writing on the wall as it pertains to photography and started shifting our business. And it turned out to be prophetic, if I may say so myself. Um, this time for corona has, for me, has been, it's almost as if to an analogy, you know, the fire preparing you, the fire in Brimstone and preparing you for the process and all that sort of stuff has brought us to this because honestly, if there was ever a time that I was built for, this is it. And I think you feel the same way. But we're at the point in our business is now where we're we're being hired for consultancy capacity. So we, we are brought on to outside companies to take a look at their processes, improve their processes, create content for them, and advise them on the best ways to do business, marketing, Mm -hmm. et cetera. But does that
2: mean that we're perfect and we know all the things?
0: Well, my mom says a lot of good things about me. We know that. So, but truthfully, truthfully speaking, a lot of the times we kind of sit back at the end of the day and I'm like, man, we're pretty blessed with what we have, have the opportunity to have right, Mm -hmm. some of the people that we're working with, Mm -hmm. but how are we considered subject matter experts on anything? Mm -hmm. We're still at the same point where we're constantly trying to learn, and we're trying to see new answers, and so we have Cynthia on, and I'll tell you a little bit about Cynthia, how I got to Cynthia. Um, She's an executive business coach. She teaches, instructs, counsels, advises high-level executives who may be above her pay grade, technically speaking, who may be above my pay grade, technically speaking, but she has an, an innate ability to sit with people, understand their process, and to borrow from my friend Gary, read the label on the jar because she's outside the jar, not looking inside out. Right? And so um, we're kind of doing the same thing for people. But I wanted to talk to her a little bit about how, how she got into that position and how people like us, who are actually doing what she does in a variety of ways, not necessarily—not that,
2: but we're going as, as experts in a field, but that doesn't mean that we don't need outside expert coaching
0: and advice. Absolutely. So I found Cynthia on LinkedIn, which I know nothing about. She's apparently a LinkedIn expert, so I thought she could give us some LinkedIn lessons today on the show. And we could give her a few Instagram tips. She's also going to blow our thunder on our Instagram class because she took it and she has some pieces of feedback that we're going to put her on the hot seat about. No, no you're not. If she talks any shit on the show about the class, <laughs> I'm going to hit the delete button. So, but she's going to come in and she's going to have a conversation with us about that. But I really want to just kind of dive into the meat and potatoes of who she is and what she does and how she advises and how she counsels and, and how we can learn from some of that in and, mm-hmm. and our own exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found her on LinkedIn. I feel like I'm all over the place. Found her on LinkedIn, no more than me. Found her on LinkedIn and it was after because I had met with a couple of business coaches already because I wanted to get some outside counsel on my processes just to make sure that I'm following along the ways that I should be. And sometimes having, what's that saying? You, you are a disposition of the five closest people you meet and greet the most, whether it's your family, whether it's your friend, mm-hmm. what's your colleagues? And so I, I don't know that my circle is strong enough Right now in Can my exclude
2: the people that I see at Walmart when I go shopping, There, I see them a lot.
0: No. Oh, you seeking counsel? <coughs> no. Okay. So we have both had conversations around surrounding ourselves with stronger, better people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if there was ever a case in point, I'll probably get in trouble for this. I was at the last Friday and Saturday, I was at two social gatherings and I call them I call them small talk chatter meetings and I have no room in my head for small talk anymore, and I don't know how I got to that point, but just sitting there and fake laughing and fake feigning interest that I want to talk about your new cars and your new house and your new roof that you put on. And I was like, damn it, I need to surround myself with people who are considerably more intelligent than me so I can have really deep philosophical conversations about stuff. So Cynthia is potentially one of those people so we're gonna interview
2: her mm-hmm. because she wants to be our friend. Okay,
0: perfect. So. Good.
2: So I think a lot of the things that we've been talking about, as well with in this timestamps this, but with the situation that's going on right now in our world, we're talking about pivoting and adapting and you know the new normal. So how do you how do you take that into your business? How do you how do you streamline and how do you jumpstart yourself to where you want to be potentially when you're not sure that direction you don't have that that guidance.
0: Yeah, I think you start by starting, first of all, but I think you also have to be organized and strategic about it, which is why I started looking for a business coach to come in and offer us, me, counsel, just to have a fresh set of eyes on what we're doing, because a lot of times it's 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 homogenous with you and I, because we live it and eat it and breathe it, and for you and I to sit here and have a dialogue around our processes of, does this sound fair, does this sound, does this sound succinct, does this sound effective, it's like, we we're, we're we've been talking to each other so much that bringing somebody in from the outside who knows nothing about us who doesn't have any biases, who doesn't have any um predilections for lending her 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 voice one way or the other for because of her fear of maybe mm-hmm. pissing you off or not not being ingratiated with her perspective on maybe disagreement et cetera, and so bringing somebody in from the outside to offer that would be from my perspective, one of the biggest, smartest reasons to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we come in and how we're having clients that way.
2: Okay, so the one thing that we talked a little bit about this morning is, is my mindset around, you know, I'm not, I'm not big enough, I'm not good enough, all of those things. I'm like going to the gym that I feel like I need to be in serious shape before I actually do that. What shape do I need to be in? What shape does my business need to be in before I get a business coach? Do I need to be, like, am I small? Am I big enough? Am I too small? Am I, so.
0: That's a good analogy, I like that. All right, so Cynthia, Cynthia Corsetti, she's on the line and on Zoom, and you can find her at CynthiaCorsetti.com, that's C-Y-N-T-H-I-A Corsetti, C-O-R-S-E-T-T-I.com, and she's also on Instagram at Cynthia Corsetti. So, Cynthia, welcome to the show, episode 16, sweet 16. Great to have you.
1: Hey, thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I love listening to you guys. I love your energy, and I'm honored to be part of it today. Ah, uh,
0: thank you. You can just keep going with the accolades. <laughs>
1: <Mom. laughs>
2: no? <laughs> <laughs> speak to my mom? Tell
1: her
0: that. <laughs> All right, so I found you on LinkedIn almost, I think, roughly a year ago. Roughly. Yeah,
1: we've been talking for a while. Yeah, and it was
0: after a couple of other experiences with some interviews from potential coaches that I had been interviewing, and, and none of them just really felt right. And I, I don't really know what that even means. It's just I, I kind of run by my gut on a lot of different things most of the time, and for whatever reason, they just didn't feel like they were a good fit for me. So how important is that? That's a good starting question. How important is it if you're going to hire a business coach? to come in and help you with your business, your processes, et cetera? How important is it to have a strong relationship with that person?
1: I think that's probably the most important thing because it's a very intimate relationship. It has to be built on trust. And we go into, we go into a lot of areas that are uncomfortable. And if you're not in a in a relationship with somebody you completely trust and you have a good vibe with that has the same values as you do and is on that same page, it's just not going to work. It's just going to be a surface level coaching and let's go through a process. It's not going to be a real transformational journey.
2: So, so on the other end, how do you know that you're a fit with that client as well? You mean how? Does For things, me, how, how, you, how do you? Like, Do you ever have clients that you're like, it's just not a good fit because we're going to be spending so much time together?
1: Yeah, I, I'm very selective in the clients that I work with. Uh, it's very difficult to work with a client who has a victim mentality, who is always going to be in this negative space, And you can coach and coach and coach. But if they're not willing to break out of their own headspace space and, and make, it's, it's transformational. Good coaching is transformational. And that means that a lot of the results come from you. So if you're not willing to do the work, if you're not willing to do the introspection necessary to figure out what are my blind spots, Um, You know, and and at the same time, there are blind spots that we all have, but there are also talents and gifts that we don't even see that that outside person can come in and see. But if a person's too negative and they don't want to make changes, they just want to make excuses, they're not coachable. Um, I've only really fired one client. I'm really very selective in who I take. Um, but there was one client who was amazing and, and a wonderful, amazing young woman, but she just wanted to stay a victim. She wasn't going to break out of that and, until she's, and she was real young. So I told her maybe in a few years when she gets to a point that she's ready to accept change, we can jump in again.
0: Do you just curiously speaking, do you have a coach yourself or have you used a coach in your own processes?
1: Absolutely. I've been using coaching uh, on different levels for in various times depending on where I am in my business. Right now I have a, um, a marketing coach. I'm in an executive mastermind group. I, I coach. I, my coaches are people that have done what I've done and, and really were successful at it. So sometimes you grow into an, a need for another coach for a different area of your business.
2: I love that, like you're drinking the Kool-Aid, like you are convicted to, to what you're doing because you know that it makes a big change and that you're
0: creating mentorships with other people. But has anybody ever told you you're not the right fit for me?
1: <laughs> you, you mean as a coach? Has a coach ever said you I'm not the right you're fit? You're right I'm trying up. to think. Actually, I think maybe. I'm trying to think way back early because, you know, there are coaches that are very structured, like, here's my process today. We're going to do this today. We're going to do that. And I'm very like Italian, like I'm not structured. I'm, I'm, I'm really organic. So when I'm on a phone with a coach talking to them and they want to keep going into this structure they're going to know the way that we're not a good fit. And I think that that did happen very early on with one of my first coaches I was going to hire, but it wouldn't have been a good fit.
0: I will say one thing about Cynthia, just for starters, you're the first guest who has really gotten dressed up and has the perfect lighting for this podcast. Oh, so thank no. you for that. I makeup on her side too. I need to speak to her <laughs> this, this. Okay. Mike Sagan was unpegged mad and was dressed well, well. Sorry, all right, back. To
2: the point okay, so one thing that I really, really admire about what you're doing, amongst all other things, is that you're not just talking about success; you're talking about fulfillment, and those things aren't necessarily the same thing. People, people are, are think about success, and you you've mentioned that you've dealt with a lot of people that are successful, but they're just not happy in what they're doing; or they're not fulfilled. So you're doing a combination of the two things combined, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So how that,
1: that, that's what made like that whole thing started because when I started as an executive coach. Um, It was 12 years ago, and I was very much traditional executive coaching, but I started hearing how many of them were miserable in their lives. They were so successful, and they wanted to make pivots. They didn't know how. They felt trapped, Um, and so over a long process, I learned that until they figured out what fulfillment was to them, what success looked like for them, we could coach forever and they can keep moving up the ladder. They still weren't going to be happy. And for me, that wasn't good enough. Like we have to find out how to make you happy. And we were able to do that. And that that's how I just um, created my programs. And that's how I, and that's why I'm dressed up today because I'm doing a go for my, one of my courses.
0: I have a colleague who is a pretty high level executive for a bank out in she, she lives out in Indianapolis. I, I used to work with her many years ago. And for many years and my, I used to work in the corporate world as well. And she's been with the same company roughly or a derivation of the same company for almost 30 years and has worked her way up the ladder and she's an executive with them now, but she absolutely fucking hates her job. And she's a brilliant woman, like highly intelligent and talented to do so many other things. And I often have asked her, you know, if you hate your job so much, if you hate doing this so much, why don't you try to do something else? Like what, there's so many other things that you could do. And her response is, well, I have the perfect setup. You know, I get to work my hours whenever I want to work. I get paid a boatload of money. You know, I've got this beautiful house, and I've got this beautiful boat, and I'm putting in a pool, and so I need this job, and it affords me exactly what I want. And it's like, but you're unhappy. You're unfulfilled. Why would you do that? Why would you just continue doing that? And there's a large population, at least in America that I'm aware probably the globe, that are kind of fall under that kind of same scenario.
1: Absolutely. Um, As a matter of fact, what I've learned is that there are people that can, like, I'll give you an example of one of my clients. She's an optometrist and she works for the VA. And when you're an optometrist and you work for the VA, it's a really good gig. I mean, it's great benefits, great hours, and it's different than most other optometry jobs. She's also a single mom with two young kids, but she wasn't happy. I mean, she was miserable in her job, hated going to work discussed it every day and when she came to me she wanted to make a pivot but we did the work together and she was willing to do that introspection and and find that transformation and we were able to find what would fulfill her and check off all those boxes as a side hustle something that she's doing outside of her job so now she does go to work and she kept that job because it was that perfect fit for her family and her life but she um She's filled. Like what she does on her side it gives her energy, it makes her look forward to her days, and she's happier than she even imagined she could be. And she has two businesses now on the side.
2: So how, how did you go about that? Because about yeah. that, because you're almost like a business therapist. You've got this obviously intuitiveness to be able to seek and direct people in that, that way. She probably had no idea. Coming into it,
1: that that would be the solution to it. Yeah, it, it, it evolved, it, it evolved, um, in trial and error with hundreds of clients. of so figuring out exactly what to do and that's where my signature program is reflect, rebuild, rebrand. So that first piece, which is reflect whether you're an executive coach coaching client that, that wants to make a pivot, or you're a business owner that just wants to grow your business, that reflect piece is so important because it helps you realize all the pieces that got you to where you are. When you guys came up with your idea to have your business, when you decided to become photographers, the people that you were then no longer exist because you've grown and you've developed and you've become so much more. And sometimes we don't stop to think about who we were then compared to who we are now. So we do all of that reflecting to figure it out. And that's where she was able to come up with during that reflection, the things that were missing, the the things that made her feel not fulfilled. And then we moved into rebuild where we figured out, well, how could she get those pieces back? So whether it's in your business, how do you get those pieces back to make sure that I stay fulfilled while I build this? And then we rebrand and it's pretty cool. How
0: long does that process take? Is it different for every person? This reflection, this rebuilding, this rebranding, this regrowing? Because I know when you and I spoke, we talked about quarterly processes and those exercises and whatnot that goes on in those space. But can somebody get through a program with you after six months and you decide, well, I think you're ready to go. You no longer need me. Or is this really an ongoing process? This, is, this just kind of continues. That you have check-in right? Yeah. Like, you know, for me, if I were – how i would see most beneficial to me is you, you would in essence become my board of advisors indefinitely but it wouldn't just be it might not be the program in of itself but for me having outside eyes on my process on my business on my growth and development and being able to offer me candid feedback and not just a yes voice which is really what i need i need some accountability yeah i need accountability I are not a strong personality as you know and I'm a little bit stubborn, and I would need someone to like sometimes slap me across the face and, like, Dude, this is where you need to check this space out, right? So, does that happen in your process?
1: Yeah, so there's two different pieces to my business, right? The Reflect, Rebuild, Rebrand is career coaching. That's for people who uh, want to make a pivot in their career, and that's where she was the optometrist. She wanted to pivot out of that, and then we end up not doing that. But that's a 90 day program. Um, What you're talking about is the executive coaching and that is really very different. It's a partnership. Now we do a lot of reflection because it's a transformational process as well, but we, we talk weekly or biweekly and, and real time. So my clients are on, if I open my phone at any given time and look at Marco Polo, I'll probably have 10 video chats from my clients. Um, one of them, I have a surgeon who is like literally in surgery with her mask and all her stuff on her hands up like this and her assistant's holding her phone because something just happened before she walked into surgery that she wanted to chat with me about and didn't want to forget. So she did it in real time during her surgery. She's talking to me and then I respond to it as soon as I can. So we cover what's going on, what your problem is um that you're dealing with whether it's employees whether it's brainstorming you got this great idea and you want to see if it kind of fits and and when you like you don't like yes ma'am like you firsthand know that like that's not me like (laughs) i am not going to tell you that something's great when you have so much more to offer
0: have you ever had a situation where you've had a client that was adamant about whatever it is they were trying to go down whatever path that might be and you based upon your process,
1: you completely redirected that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a long process, okay? And, like, my clients are growing. I have clients who've been with me for three, five, seven years that because they're growing, too. So they start off, maybe this is your path, but by doing through the, the, the coaching sessions, like, I keep, if you can imagine it as, like, your business and your life as you're walking down this path and you think you know exactly where you want to go, where a good executive coach, their their job is to walk beside you on that path and kind of shine a flashlight and say, hey, did you look under that rock? Did you look over there? Because you might be missing something. So basically, I'm just asking enough questions to help you look at something in a different way and you coming up with it. You guys have the answers. You are naturally creative and resourceful and whole and brilliant I don't need to tell you how to run your business I need to help you stay accountable to yourself and your own goals and your own values
2: no no but I love that because it's almost like having that that whole accountability and having I don't want to say a cheerleader but someone that is in it to help you get to where you're going to be hopefully not just successful but fulfilled and really happy where you've gone and I'm sure a lot of times people get to that point And they're like, this is great, let's take that next step. And that's probably why you have clients for seven years and longer. Um, And I think as well, being an entrepreneur, like we're always struggling with time. I don't know if I have time. I don't know if I have time to take this on. So I want you to (laughs) kind of dispel that and maybe talk a little bit about like when and who. Like when do you do this and who's
0: your client? Or how do you know when you're ready? Like How, you're do, talking you're about. Ready. how do you know you're at the point where you shouldn't be working with a business coach or a business therapist?
1: A I think it's different for everybody, right? It, it, it comes to a point where Like for me, for example, I'll get to a point in my business where I'm frustrated, like something isn't working. It's a funnel that's not working. You know, maybe it's, I'm just brand new to Instagram or, you know, whatever it is at any given time, something's not working. I know that it's time for me to call and reach out to somebody. Um, and, And the time that it takes, that's what my clients are all high level people, all of them. They're all high performers. I'm not the coach that comes in and does remedial coaching for executives. Like if you're getting ready to get fired and you need help, that's not me. I'm the coach that the individuals call themselves. I do have organizations that call me for the most part, the executives themselves hire me because they want more for themselves. So they're already committed, but they're also busy. And so you have to be really flexible with your time I know that we have scheduled calls and you have to honor those calls, but I also know you're going to get called into meetings and things are going to happen. So that's why we do Marco Polo. My clients have, I I want to say literally 24 seven access to me because I need to be there when they need me, which is why I'm selective of who I take and I only work with, uh, you know, so many clients at one time because I can be really flexible. And at the same time, in 12 years, no one has ever taken advantage of that situation. They use me when they need me. Um, We have scheduled calls every other week at a minimum for an hour and a half. And we sometimes do them on the weekends, in the evenings, 5.30 in the morning, because my clients have demanding schedules.
0: So before you became a business coach, you were working in a corporate environment. And you decided that that was no longer for you. What was some of the thought processes leading up to that? And what was the keystone that finally forced you to launch into what you're doing now? I'm always fascinated by that because Lisa and I both have similar experiences in that space where we worked for a corporation for a while and unfulfilled. And I was making a lot of money doing it. So I was in that similar situation as my colleague. I was just talking about. And for me to make that shift or this, the word pivot that you both have been using, it was a honestly, it was a jump into a blind canyon that I had no idea what the other side looked like. And just so it would have been a lot easier if you had a couch. Maybe, or oh it might not God. have been ready for it at that point. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you get be. to this point? So what was it, what was the catalyst that finally said, I'm done, I'm doing this on my own? Or did you do it as a side gig to build it up first, how we should process?
1: You know, my thing, first of all, I loved my corporate job. I mean, I absolutely loved everything about it. I would have stayed with it forever because I was fulfilled. It was a great job, great people, and I loved it. But I um, got married. (laughs) I met my husband, and he is a physician, and he has a very demanding job. And he likes to travel a lot and do a lot of things. And my job was 24-7. I was always traveling. I, we had 17 offices. I was on the did road a lot.
0: Cynthia, what were you doing in your former job?
1: I was an executive VP of HR in a national engineering firm. So I was doing a lot of the same things that I do now, uh, just doing it for a company. So when I met my husband and I, I made the choice. It was he wanted to travel more, and and I, I just chose. I, you know, I'm at a point in my life where okay. I want this relationship to be really important to me. So I made that choice and I left the corporate world But I immediately started into this executive coaching. And my biggest client right in the get go was the company that I used to work for. They sent me their people right away and they still do. I still have a relationship with them. I'm still coaching their executives. So it was just a really natural, easy process for me to do.
0: How do you shift between all the different personalities and different levels of people that you're working with and still be able to be introspective enough and neutral enough to be advising them how do you juggle that
1: for me i take time to be really present before every call first of all i the first thing i do with people when they start working with me is i have them start working on a gratitude journal and i do the same thing myself so I do a gratitude journal in in the morning with everything that I'm grateful for. But every time that I'm going to sit down on a call with a client that's scheduled, I will sit down and I will physically write in my gratitude journal, three things that I'm grateful for about this client. And it helps pull me down to earth to get back in their space and where they are and what's important to them, because everything is so different. They're in different places in their lives. Some are going through divorces, some are going through, you know, kids at home while they're trying to work high demanding jobs. There's just all these different situations. So when I sit down and focus on why I'm grateful that they're my client, it puts me into that mental space that I want to be in to be present and available and really into what they do. Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting. I've not heard that. And you said you do daily journaling as well. That's part of your process personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to oh, go ahead.
0: So I still want to dive a little bit deeper into that question because you work with a lot of varieties of people, whether it be engineers, doctors. Do you counsel your husband? Do you do some sort <laughs> of executive coaching with him?
1: Yeah, he 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 kind of calls it nagging, but I think yeah. it's coaching. <laughs> My kids and my husband are the hardest to coach. Although in my defense, when I first left and started my own gig, um, as I was building it, I told my husband, I'll go into your practice and just like help clean things up a little bit from the HR standpoint. And and um, that was a disaster. I fired 25 out of 25 of his employees and started over. Um, he was at his AR, I don't know how much you know about medical billing, but his AR was $180,000 six months out. You never collect that. And that was consistent. And even though I didn't know anything about medical or medical billing, I knew enough about leadership and what was going on that by firing everybody, retraining the employees and starting over, he's down to like $2,000 in six months out AR. And, and that happened pretty quickly when I came into the picture. So. He does give me credit sort of maybe a little bit once in a while, but for the most part, he says, you just nag.
2: I love what you just said, though, because you deal with so many different uh, businesses, different categories, but you can still go in there with your set of eyes, even though you're not maybe an expert in that specific field and make that difference. Because I think a lot of people think, well, what, what's this coach going to know about my business? Because I'm in it all the time and they're not you've just proved it
1: right there yeah people are people and leadership is leadership i actually was published in two national ophthalmology magazines writing articles on leadership for ophthalmologists and i knew nothing about ophthalmology um before it's all about understanding people and really understanding them well when i was doing my master's thesis um one of the things we did was organizational culture and I did this thing on studying the interview process and, and how you can really get to know what people want to hear. And part of that I tested for myself as I went on job interviews for jobs I had absolutely no experience for, like zero. One was a phlebotomist and I knew nothing about that. And I got the job offer and it was based on the ability. And then I had to apologize and tell them that I lied and all that stuff, but it was for a good reason <laughs> it was for the study. But, um, it was to show that when you really tune yourself in with another person and you really listen to what they want and, and, and you're able to provide that for them, then you can do anything. And that's what leaders need to understand. That's a business leaders need to understand with whoever they're communicating with.
0: Listen first, talk second. I tell that to my children all the time. You have two ears, one mouth for a reason. So... How do you reset yourself? You're working with so many different types of personalities, so many different types of levels of people. I imagine you have to be relatively intuitive, which means you take on people's energy, negative or positive. Uh, I know that in just in our daily lives, when we're interacting with people, whether it be clients, whether it be customers, whether be people that we're doing consulting for, sometimes at the end of the day, and because I'm relatively empathic, I take on people's energy. At the end of the day, I'm just like overwhelmed and, Just, I need a complete reset. How do you juggle that as a therapist? Because you kind of are, you're interacting, you're engaging, you're talking to people all day long, all sorts of different people. How do you filter out the different personalities and still stay sane and what do you do to reset all that?
1: Well, I think part of it, I don't know how familiar you are with the Myers-Briggs indicator, but My personality, I'm an ENFP and I'm like literally off the charts ENFP. I'm not even slightly in the middle, I'm way off the charts. So that means that I gain energy from other people. And so at the end of the day, when I'm more exhausted is a day that like I'm just working on content or I'm working on recording videos or something that I'm not interacting. But on the days that I like back to back to back client calls, no matter what their energy is. At the end of that day, I am pumped. Like I am excited. I just feel energized, and that's how I gain my energy. Other people are different. Like they'll gain energy from those quiet, you know, content days or, or, or those things.
0: How do you do in large crowds?
1: I I, I love large crowds. You, you, like that's right. That. I, yeah, I, I get energy from it.
0: So, so an ENFP, and I'm familiar with the Myers-Briggs, I don't know what those categories ENFP all stand for, but that means that you're energized through other people's energy and that you, so the opposite of that would be that people become overwhelmed in that. Is that, is that how that take is on
1: that? Well, yeah, we all get, we all feel more energized at the end of the day. Like, I, like, my, like I'm an ENFP. I think my daughter's an ISTJ or something. She's much more factual. She's, she's an attorney and she's real like, rules and cross your T's and dot your eyes. And so she'll get her energy at the end of a day. if she's looked at contracts like all day long, she feels energized. And that's just where she gets her, you know, her energy. I, on the other hand, would be like ready to shoot myself at the end of a day of having to do that because it's just not me. I get drained.
2: That, that just seems like such a perfect fit then for what you do. And then you must get such a high, like such an energy lift when you're seeing that people are succeeding and doing what they they want to do and follow that path and they're feeling fulfilled. That must just like totally fit with who you are then.
1: Oh, yeah. Like when I see my clients like, that I've worked with and they're posting, now on their social media and and you see all this excitement that they're doing i'm like i'm like so full of emojis and clap i'm like so excited that i feel like i'm doing it with them because it's just they have changed i've watched that transformation from this i don't know what to do next i don't know uh, i can't get out of my own way i don't believe in myself i don't feel good enough yet and then we get them to where they are at that level and they're and they're like oh my god i can do more let's keep going it's it's so fun
2: I love I love what you just said too, because in my mind I, I feel like like I said in the beginning, I need to be prepped and know what I'm doing, be like before I go to the gym, before I go anywhere, you need to prep yourself and before I get a coach, I need to know those things. And you've just kind of said like you can go in there and just not really know that direction yet and not feel fulfilled and through the process you're gonna get there. You don't need to have the answers yet.
1: you have answers you just don't know where they are yet like that's that's where that coach is going to help you and i think it's it's when you when you already fulfill fulfillment like right now i love like i love getting out of bed every day i absolutely love what i do um so my coaching that i need is more for strategy give me the strategy to do this differently but there are people that are out there that kind of like what they do but they know there's more they, they feel like there's a bigger purpose that there's a legacy that they want to leave and they know it, they can feel it. It's there, but they can't tap into it. They don't know what it is. And that's where um, coaching can help. I mean, it just helps in so many areas, how you're dealing with your staff, how you're dealing with your spouse, how you're dealing with your kids, all of your communications, all of your, um, how, how is how you're showing up in alignment with who you want to be. And I think that's where the biggest difference comes is you know, I look at people and I say, this is where you want to be. This is who you want to be because we talk about that and we get that point. So I say, start being that person right now. How would you respond if you were already at this level? How would you respond if you were being that, you know, CEO of your own company? How would you think differently? And it really does change their mindset.
0: You know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting position that you have. And, and- I'm Sporty Spice my whole life. I grew up playing sports. And as, as you were talking about you know, who you are and what you do, I think about my own daughter right now and myself as having different styles of coaches as an athlete. And I played high level all the way through college sort of stuff. And I remember thinking, uh, looking back when I got to college, I had a couple of really amazing coaches that have resonated with me my entire life that changed, honestly, pivotal changes that changed the direction of my athletic career but i also had coaches that were absolutely just worthless coaches and i think about uh, my daughter and and how she's 14 years old and she's now playing for one of the top soccer teams in the state for girls soccer her age and she has had the last two seasons some brilliant coaches and she's a really good athlete really good coach but up until the last two seasons she hasn't really had quality coaches and it's amazing to watch what has happened in her personal development as a human, as an athlete, as a soccer player. In the last two seasons, she has exploded in her skill level. And it's because you can see it firsthand the level of coaching that she's gotten. And so, I imagine your your situational constructs and the experiences that you bring to the table as a personal business coach is not terribly indifferent to that, right? So. You know, you could have somebody who is just a shitty business coach and can guide you down the completely wrong path of where your career, or your personal development, et cetera, is to go. How does how does someone like us who's trying to hire a business coach sort out the magic from the muck when we're trying to hire somebody? What how do we know that let's just pretend Cynthia is the perfect fit for me as a business coach? How, how, what are some of the things that I can look for when I'm trying to hire somebody? This goes across the board
2: anyone, yeah. right? because honestly anyone that we look up to in the business world anyone that we aspire to be when you dive into it they all have a coach mm-hmm. and they all have a mentor
0: mm-hmm.
2: but the same thing combined mm-hmm. Every,
0: everyone Everyone. everyone
2: and they're already you think they can't go any further and they still have someone that's coaching
0: them. absolutely so answer the question <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it really comes down to that trust, that relationship. Uh, and, and it comes out to what you want of coaching. What What's the outcome that you want? If you want total transformation and who you are as an executive and how you want to grow your business and your life and your career, if you want that all to transform, you want a coach that's really all in and situational and organic and flowing with you. But if you're looking for a coach, Like, for example, my current digital marketing coach that I'm working with who is, she is doing the back-end stuff that I don't like, the structures, the numbers, the looking at the statistics, looking at the data, making those changes. They're very different types of coaching. So you have to figure out what the outcome is that you want. Do you want somebody that's going to say, hey, you guys are fabulous And I can see so much potential that I'm thinking you're not seeing yet and start questioning you about that and digging and helping you transform. Or do you want a coach that's going to say, this is a strategy. This is, these are the steps and this is the process. You've got to know what you want and what you want those outcomes to be. And then who fits, who do you feel like you can talk to and trust? And who's going to be like, I have like a zero bullshit tolerance. Sorry. I i not say that. Um, Like, I I won't give it to you, and and I expect you in return. Like, if you have a session and you go, okay, that didn't get me anywhere, then I'm going to say, all right, let's talk about that. You know, if that's not resonating with you, how to change it so that, that I can support you in a way that works for you? And then we sometimes pivot. We have to trust each other that way.
2: So what could we do right now? to begin like you talk about starting now so that in the next decade you're where you want to be. So how, how do we begin? How do we start?
1: The first thing you have to do is know what you want the next decade to look like. Like what, what do you want? I, and I always start with my clients like box A and box B like box A is where you are today. It's, it's here. You are right here today. And box B is where you want to be. Do you want to be a, you know, a, influencer do you want to be a, you know have a multi-million dollar company with you know 500 employees so you've got to know what this looks like and we want to get really clear on what that looks like not just vague like specifically how many employees do you want how many um how many like what you want it all to look like that's what that's what that is so once you identify that then we can figure out what it's going to take to get there and the first part is the mindset can you get there What's going to stop you? Anything? The reason you're not there yet is because there's obstacles, and you've got to figure out what those obstacles are and figure out how you're going to overcome them so you can get there.
0: There's a huge influx of business coaches over the last three years, let's say, at least from my perspective, what I've seen. And I'm not sure if it's because of the economy, if it's because there are opportunities out there that people are finally waking up to why are there so many business coaches that are seen to be everywhere you go now from on social media to targeted advertising i see to every time i go to any sort of this is pre-corona every time i would go to any sort of networking event in a room of 100 people there'd be 26 of them were some sort of a coach or another why have there why is there such a giant influx of this suddenly same with the (laughs) charles there's a
1: giant we can answer that We Yeah, it, it's it's, um, it's actually an interesting concept. First of all, coaching is not regulated in any way. So you don't have to be certified. You don't, have, And a lot of people, which drives me nuts as a pet peeve, use the term coach when they're not coaching. They're, they're consultants. Consulting and coaching are very different. Um, because of my background, having the corporate and the executive experience, as well as being a certified coach, I combine. And I tell you that, like right now, I'm going act as a consultant for you. So do I have your permission to do that. Right now we're coaching and it's very different. So people throw the word coach out there a lot when they're really consultants and they're just helping you with your business strategy. Um, I think a lot of people just have knowledge and information that they can share with the world and they, they look at and they group it all into coaching. And there's a lot of value out there in in different coaches and different styles. So you just gotta find the right one. But just know that not all coaches and consultants are the same thing.
2: Well, absolutely. I don't want someone that's memorized a few things and can give me like inspirational quotes and and (laughs) consider that what I need.
0: That's exactly why one of those coaches I was interviewing I was telling you was like that. It was honestly like he was repeating back his parables from his coaching book. (laughs) And it's like he was reading it under the table as I was asking him questions. Yeah. So that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I guess that's it. That's why I didn't say it.
2: <laughs> no, no, because I feel, I feel like when you're saying that, there's, there's a huge differentiation between someone that is experienced, someone that can pivot and change and, and see directly into what you need, and someone that's just going to. Good job, and here's here's a meme that you can read later.
0: And no, that's a brilliant question. Seriously, let's role play for a second. Ask me a question, like if you were interviewing me to be a coach. This is how I going. I'm just going to show you this is what happened. Ask me a question. I'm going to be your potential coach. <laughs> you're my coach. No, I, you're you're interviewing me to be your coach.
2: Okay, so where, where do I begin? What how do I start? Because I want to get to X, Y, and Z.
0: Well, according to Myers Briggs, in order to find a good coach,
1: but it
0: was like literally reading off something that he had memorized, and I'm like this is not someone for me. So, it's it's important for me to find somebody. If I were at my level of my career, and I've been through a lot of different opportunities and a lot of different experiences, and I kind of feel like what we're doing now together and how we've made the shifts in our business, I truly, honestly feel like this is our time. It I was made for this sort of stuff. And so my interest in having a business coach, whether it's you or anyone else out there, is that I need somebody to help me organize my thoughts and my dreams because I have so many ideas that I want to accomplish. You know, you talk about a journal and a gratitude journal. I have this brilliant idea of a journal because I have literally for the last six years gone through probably 100 different types of journals trying to find out what would be a perfect fit for me because I need organized journaling in order for me to be successful at it. And it's kind of like the number of people that I've interviewed, potentially. I, I was part of a mastermind, Cynthia, a year ago. And I really had these high expectations for it. And I ended up getting nothing out of it because I was the only person in that group that actually had real-world experience running a business, being involved in it. These were all people who were just launching their first business. So you're saying
2: it's important to align yourself with someone that's on on the same level or higher. I, you, you want to...
0: I think it needs to be. People. I think it needs to be diverse. Yes, it's your five people. I think, and we're going to get to this a question here, but I think for me to be get any sort of experience or or qualitative energy from a business coach, it has to be somebody who has a diverse background, who is a strong personality, and who has considerably more knowledge on a variety of topics than I do. I can't oh, be the strongest. Insight. Yeah. yeah. Insight. You need to surround yourself with people who are stronger than you, smarter than you, have more experience than you, or have at least something that you don't know anything about. They can bring to the table. Like honestly, for me to for me to be the strongest person in a room, I'm not going to grow that way, right? So, do you agree with that?
1: I do. I, uh, but I also think it's not necessarily having someone that's smarter than you, um, because everyone's very intelligent and everybody brings a lot to the table. It's really having someone that can make you look at something in a different way. So that just brings me just to a question to ask you, you know, in the past week, you and I've been talking a lot. Did your perspective change slightly on a direction that your business could possibly take?
0: Multiple times.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Multiple
1: times. And and that wasn't um, because I was any smarter than you, it's because I helped you see a perspective that you didn't see previously. That's what coaching is. That's having your brilliance come out and, and having me shine the flashlight on it and say, Hey, you're missing some brilliance over there. Go get it. That's that's what it's um, like, yeah.
2: yeah. So here's a question for you, for people that are commitment phobes,
0: She knows I am.
2: How do you get someone to pull the trigger when you know, like, like, as my mom would say, kiss her, get off the pot. Like, make it that. <laughs> no?
0: No, I love We're it.
2: We're not talking about anyone specific. Not
0: me. <laughs> She's not talking about At that.
2: all. But someone that you know like you have a fit with and you could make a difference with and align with that person to get them to where they need to be or where they want to be or direct help to direct them is there Is there a way that you can get someone to or is it sometimes just frustrating that you know you would be a good fit and are you going no, I'm just right are you' to shut up on <laughs> here. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think it's the person, like they have to be they have to be ready. And if they're not ready for a commitment, they're not going to be successful in coaching. That's all there is to it. One of the things, um, you know, a lot of coaches make you sign a year-long contract and um, they don't give you a way out. That makes people afraid because what if this isn't the right fit? What if what if this doesn't work? So what I've done to alleviate that is I do a one-year contract because executing is a longer process, but and tell you that it's quarterly. So at the end of the first quarter, if it's not working, if you don't feel that that's right, then just back out. And I don't make you honor the rest of the contract. Now, if you continue, then you have to honor the rest of the contract. But if you have that chance after 90 days to try it on and see if it fits for you. And that's on both sides. Because if you're not committed and you're not showing up and you're not willing to dive in and, and start to do that work, it's not going to work. And I don't want to waste your time or money. And I have other clients that do want to do that. So I want to be eligible for them. So I w- I, it has to be a fit on both sides. That's my, my take. And someone who's afraid to make a commitment just isn't ready for coding yet. They'll get there.
0: Lisa was talking about in the beginning of the podcast about her fear of going to the gym because she'll go to the gym and she feels like she's ready to be in the gym and she's fit enough to go in the gym. And I – because I always try to get to go to the gym with me in the morning. What would you say if you were Lisa's business coach about that very exercise? Lisa doesn't want to go to the gym with me in the morning. Because let's just see. Because she says she's not ready to go to the gym. She's not fit enough that she wants to go to the gym when she gets more fit. So how would you respond as a business coach to Lisa?
2: Let's just let's just say that you have been sporty, spice, Mr. College athlete uh, your whole life. (laughs) I have not, so I'm finding it hard whenever I can laugh myself. That's
1: funny. See, I would look at that like it has nothing to do with going to the gym it really has to do with how how you feel about yourself that you know you have um saboteur and it's telling you you're not good enough you're not this and we all have those like we have them so if and and that's where like nlp neuro-linguistic programming comes in because we think back to when's the first time you felt that way when was the first time you felt insecure about going to the gym? what was going on at that time. And, and what happens, your subconscious mind, whatever it was, it could have been like you were seven in class and something just didn't go right. So you got this in your mind that I'm not good at this. And you believe that. And then your subconscious looks for proof year after year after year. Every time something could prove that you shouldn't be in a gym, your subconscious mind stored that away. So it speaks up really loudly when you want to make a decision to go to the gym. And that saboteur is there. So the goal in coaching would be to figure out where it started and why it's there. And it's not like therapy, like it's your mother's fault. Like that's not it. I say that as a mom, it's not mom's fault, but it is usually something that happened back in, usually birth age seven is really critical times, but it could be any time in your childhood. I always use the example of when I was in second grade, um, I, I used to sing, I loved to sing. I'd walk around and sing and we had these, these umbrellas or like these bells. I was walking to the bus stop. I was singing, pretending this was my microphone. And I got to the stop and another second grader said to me, you couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. And like, I was devastated because I thought I was the best singer ever. And, but that stuck in my subconscious mind. And for like years, I wouldn't go try out for school plays. I wouldn't go to chorus. I wouldn't be in a choir. I wouldn't sing in public. I wouldn't sing to the car radio because that was in my head. But it took years later doing NLP to realize that that second grader probably just heard that phrase somewhere and wanted to use it again. Like, who the hell was she to judge? Like, why would I let that play so much into it? So when you figure that out, we will figure out why you don't want to go to the gym. Long story short. Sorry. So, I'm just
2: lazy and looking for excuses. I, I commit not. I commit at home. We did go to yoga together, which was hilarious.
0: Yeah, but you are actually the least lazy person I've ever met. So, do you want to drop us some lyrics, right? Now? You <laughs> have a line. I knew you were gonna
2: ask her to sing. I can
1: No, 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 no. I still don't sing. But that's out of out of a favorite of everyone.
2: There <laughs> <laughs> you? <we go. laughs> does call himself the songbird.
0: Yeah. So I have. To, I, I do have one question. This is more Devil's Advocate, so don't get mad at me. But you should know if you don't already know, I don't have a filter, so I'm just gonna ask. So you asked us a, a, a few seconds ago. Did Anything that you said to me this week resonate with me and alter my perspective or my perception of something or take me down a different rabbit hole. What's the difference between you doing that and, and salesmanship or self womanship or candidly speaking
1: from your heart to me? How, how do I differentiate between those two? I can tell you what. You know what? I'll go ahead, I'm sorry. Were you gonna with, say something,
2: Lisa? What she told you, she actually introspectively looked at, at and And when she said something, it resonated with you. It was something that you're like, you had that aha moment.
0: Yeah, but this is a question, because she talked about how she's able to transpose her personality by listening and getting inside people's heads to understand what their values are, their value propositions, and speaking to that. So what is the difference between-
1: Stroking somebody's ego.
0: Stroking my ego, but actually authentically adding value because you give a fuck.
1: Yeah, I I guess um, for me, I hate sales. Like I don't like doing sales. So I genuinely, when I'm talking to you, don't want to waste time. So even if it's just a conversation, um, like about what we were talking about, as as I was watching that and, and absorbing the information, I was just seeing something different. And I wanted to share that with you. And, and whether we ever work together or we don't want to work together, that was genuinely me wanting to share that with you. And I think you picked that up. I think you knew that. I
0: did, but I had to ask it the was, question. Was was so, cool. so it's a good question to ask. And here's where I'm going with it. I actually have a method to my madness. Lisa and, uh, Lisa's always getting mad at me. Not mad at me, but chidingly getting mad at me because I give away too much information to people when I'm consulting with them. It's just like you just need to, sometimes you just need to not give them all that because that's really valuable information. What is that fine line? Because you're in that same position. You're trying to engender people and dear them to your services and dear them to potentially become clients. What is that fine line between getting somebody and your client?
2: Because you're consulting, your brain capacity is like, it's your business. That's your that's, that's your, your money resource. maker, that's your
0: resource, yeah. Yeah, and I say that tongue-in-cheek with the best of yeah. intentions. I know you're only looking out, but you're in the same position. What's that fine line between giving too much information away
1: for free? Yeah, it's sometimes challenging, but the way I look at it is it's always changing because today when I'm talking to someone where they are that day, I can provide them with some, some insight maybe that they're missing, um, But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a new insight tomorrow. Doesn't mean that they're not growing and changing as a professional. So that's just an ongoing, that's why clients stay with me for years because they, they love that feedback. They love being able to step on Marco Polo or text me or do a video call real quick in real time and talk about what's going on. So there's never like, I can't give it all to them and then it's gone. I don't have all those answers. You guys do. So I'm always going to be the one helping pull it out.
2: Okay. Any
0: last questions? No. We Before we jump
2: into a few go things. Go ahead and jump.
0: So we, we asked this question to everyone we meet when we're interviewing them potentially for the show, and you didn't have to go through it because you and I had already spoken several times, so you were basically grandfathered in. <laughs> but everybody, I truly believe, honestly, that everybody has some gift that they can impart upon Humanity, this earth, whatever it is, your superpower. So I come to you tomorrow and I say, Cynthia, this is your last day here. You will no longer be on this planet in this time and space. You have one gift that you can impart to humanity. What is your gift?
1: I think that would honestly to try to help as many people humanly possible find the fulfillment and joy in what they're doing every day as I have right now. Just such an incredible, amazing journey. I want everyone to experience that. That's why I love what I do.
2: And that comes across. It really does.
1: Thank you.
0: You're going to take it through the hot seat? I need to put my glasses on. These questions have nothing whatsoever to do with anything, but we like to play three questions at the end of the podcast—just quick hot seat questions because we like to play. It's a game I do with my kids growing
2: up, and it's like- basically a game of would you?